Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Total Dream Life Project. This week, we've made it to episode 46. I'm your host, Dr. Thomas Dickert, and I'm excited to have you here today. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We've made it to yet another week. The days are continuing to get darker. Uh, We are getting into the depths of December. We've only got a few weeks left in the year 2023. Hope you're making the most of it. I hope you're having fun. I hope you're spending time with friends and family uh, and making some time to take care of yourself. So, this week on the Total Dream Life Project, what's new? Um, You know, I'm definitely feeling a pull, a balance between wanting to start my goals immediately and waiting for some of them to start with the new year. We talk about this all the time on the podcast, but there's no reason you have to wait for a specific date to start something. Um, The best time to start is yesterday. The second best time to start is right now. So, at the very least, I'm kind of ramping up to my goals and starting on the process. You know, if there's a dietary change you want to make or an exercise goal, what can you start doing to build that practice now? You know, if you want to do yoga in the morning or you want to meditate every day, can you start working some of that into your life so that on whatever arbitrary date you might have in mind, you're not going from zero to 60? You know, you're not starting from scratch. You already have some of the building blocks in place. So I'm playing around with that. Also, we're planning on having a health competition in the office, and I don't want to get too far ahead because uh, I want to get the most bang for my buck, but uh, I also do not want to wait three weeks to start taking better care of myself and working on the things I want to grow. Um, for those of you who celebrate Go Birds Day every week and watch the Eagles, it's been a rough couple of weeks. It's definitely getting interesting kind of a course correction from earlier in the season when they couldn't lose and they couldn't, uh, you know, they could do no wrong, essentially, and they could come back from anything. The last two weeks have been a bit of a course correction. You know, they're learning a little bit more about themselves. They're seeing what happens when they play teams that don't make mistakes. Uh, But it's also a good opportunity for them. They're experiencing adversity, and adversity can make or break a person. It can make or break a team. So it's really exciting for me personally to see how this group of guys responds to the adversity, if they're able to grow from the adversity, or if they completely disintegrate into a dumpster fire. So we're going to find out over the next couple weeks. They play on Monday, so I get to chill out on Sunday, which works out well because there's a Devils game on Sunday. Uh, Go Devils. We're also watching season two of Loki, which is great. I got to say, I really, really like it. We have two episodes left, so I can't say that it's the greatest Marvel thing ever, but so far between one and two seasons of Loki, it's just top-notch. It's epic uh, and a lot better than some of the other stuff that's getting put out there. Um, I also finished the latest season of Star Trek Lower Decks, which is just hilarious and just such a treat. Uh, If you have any knowledge of Star Trek, you should really be watching Lower Decks because it is just so good. Um, In space news and Star Travel News, SpaceX just launched Starship 2, which was the most powerful rocket ever launched. Um, Yeah, there's some really cool video that they released, a nice cinematic video of the launch, of the people behind the launch. It was really cool to see. It's really exciting, you know. While we wait around for the future and the potential and the possibility of humanity, it's always fun to see cool things like bigger rockets, um... But it's also important to remember, like, we got to take care of stuff here on Earth, and we can't be dicks to each other. So 
look for the stars, but also let's work on ourselves to try to right the ship here at home. Um, I got to say, I you all know that I'm a big fan of electrolytes to add to my water to help get that right electrolyte balance with the salts and the potassiums and all the other fun things. Um, right now, we are full out in the electrolyte wars. They are on. There's more and more companies every day. Um, I'm getting advertisements all over my social media for different types of electrolytes. You know, originally it was Element. That was my favorite. Currently, I'm trying one out called Waterboy, which I like. They have a couple different um, mixtures or different formulas. So they have like an athletic recovery. They have a weekend recovery for if you go out and have a few too many drinks. They have just the electrolytes. I'm enjoying them a lot. There's also a company here in Brooklyn called Jolly that I order from that makes uh, an electrolyte powder that also has some caffeine in it. So if you're going to work out, that can be really nice. Um, but yeah, we're in like the golden age of electrolytes and there's a ton of different options out there. So you can probably find one that suits your needs, suits your desires. Um, but in the meantime, I'm going to enjoy all the competition and see which one that comes out on top. The office, we did our holiday party last week. Shout out to Wild Captives in Brooklyn. They've got a space at Industry City. It's an indoor archery range. It's super cool. The people that work there are awesome. Um, they showed us the best time. We had the entire place to ourselves. We had a ton of fun. Uh, we brought in some food, some pizza, some other stuff. We ate, we drank, we had a great time. And archery is just so much fun. I hadn't really shot a bow and arrow in probably 10 plus years, but it just like comes back like that. And it was really enjoyable. So I think I might try to do some more of that going forward. So stay tuned for that. Um, if you're in New York City or in the surrounding areas, we went to a super cool exhibit last week. It was a Warhol Basquiat exhibit at the Brandt Foundation. Um, just Google Warhol Basquiat exhibit. You'll find all the links and stuff for tickets. But super cool. I knew that Basquiat and Andy Warhol existed in the same kind of circles and that they were in each other's orbits and I knew that they knew of each other but I didn't know how close they were and how much they collaborated and this exhibit was all about their collaborative efforts projects that they worked on canvases that they worked on it's a really cool exhibit uh, it's small enough you can get through it in an hour not feel rushed and really just see some cool stuff that they did together and also see some tidbits of this like amazing friendship and life that they had so it's really cool to see that, you know, we're used to seeing collaborations in music and musicians, but it's not always so often that you get to see two like giants of art who are working on projects together. You know, artists can be a, a lot of the great artists are separated by too much time. They just don't exist at the same time. But B, artists tend to have big personalities and don't always get along with each other. So to see two that like loved each other and would get together and lift weights together and work on projects together, uh, it's a really cool exhibit. Highly recommend. Uh, I'm also growing a pretty fierce beard at the moment, which has been fun. You know, anytime that like you really put the work in to grow a beard, it's kind of like having a pet or a very finicky houseplant. So I'm enjoying it. It happens to be getting cold out, so that's been fun too. Um, let's see. Oh, I got to do CBD salve from a company called Sin Eater. So that's Sin Eater. If you look them up on Instagram, you can find them. And they have a bunch of different CBD salves that are great. They smell great. They feel great. Uh, and I've really been enjoying that as part of my ritual for the wintertime because I tend to get really dried out 
especially in my skin and my hands and my knuckles when it starts to get cold out. So I like to have a nice salve. This is a CBD salve. It's great. Smells great. It's not overpowering. Uh, big fan. Highly recommend. And then uh, my morning routine. I've been working on my morning routine. I've been slowing down my coffee. Everyone knows how much I love Nespresso, uh, but it's kind of like instant coffee. It's almost like being on a spaceship and having uh, it just materialize in front of you. So I've been slowing down my morning. I went back to using my AeroPress um, and just kind of taking my time, slowing my mornings down a little bit. In fact, this week we're going to be talking a lot about mornings. So um, yeah, but one last thing before we get into that. I just wanted to follow up on one of the things I forgot to mention last week in the neuroplasticity episode. So we, I was talking about different exercises or techniques you can practice to strengthen the neuroplasticity of your brain. I left out one of my favorite practices, and that's called non-dominant hand training. So the idea being uh, most of us have a dominant hand. You're either right-handed or left-handed. I happen to be super dominant with my right hand. So anytime I try to train myself to do something with my left hand, it's a big challenge for my brain. It's very taxing. It's stressful. It's a big workout. So take some time this week and try to do some things with your non-dominant hand and see how it feels for your brain. It's going to be a great exercise for your brain. It's an easy way to challenge it, to have fun with it. Um, another way you can do this is if you are reading something, cover up your dominant eye. So my right eye is much more dominant. If you need to figure out which eye is dominant, hold your finger out and point at something and close your left eye and then close your right eye. And whichever one stays in the same place is typically your dominant eye. Uh, you know, back to the old, I think it's Wayne's World 2, where he, one of my favorite scenes in cinema, um, where he's staring at his partner and is like, right eye, left eye, right eye, left eye and they're switching the angle of the camera uh it's always it's always been a a favorite a personal favorite of mine so wayne's world check it out all right without further ado this week we're talking about the health benefits of journaling Welcome to another episode of the Total Dream Life Podcast with me, your host, Dr. Thomas Dickard. I'm a chiropractor, meditation teacher, entrepreneur, and lover of life, and I'm excited to have you join me for this week's episode. All right, and welcome to this week's episode. Like we said in the intro, this week we're going to be talking about journaling and how it can make a positive impact on your life. All right, so everyone's pretty familiar with journaling, but journaling's a written account of your thoughts, your feelings, your experiences as you navigate life. It's a place where you can write down goals, to-do lists, you can list your gratitude, you can just talk about your day or your feelings and kind of organize your mind. It's a really great mindfulness practice, and it's uh, something that we kind of took for granted for a long time. Like Most people maybe kept a journal when they were a kid or in high school, but most forget to do it after a while. You fall away from the practice. But what we find out is actually a lot of very uh, successful, famous, uh, influential people throughout time were known to be really big journalers. So journaling is an example of an expressive coping mechanism, which is a technique that helps a person process their negative thoughts, process their feelings or experiences by releasing them on the paper or on the app or on the computer. 
Um, by putting these things down on paper or on a page, they have less power over you because you get to kind of organize your thoughts, work through them, and assess them. Uh, so we've got a list of famous people that have been known for journaling. Some of these people are obviously big, big heroes, personally. So Frida Kahlo, famous journaler, um, awesome artist, really just one of the, the giants. Uh, so big journaler. One of my favorite writers, David Sedaris, has been known to keep a journal throughout his life. Exhaustive. He's even released his journal as a book. You can go through and read uh, collections of his journal. Leonardo da Vinci is another famous journaler where he would keep sketches and thoughts and inventions. Uh, Marie Cuny, uh, who's the discoverer of radiation and x-rays and modern physics, big, big journaler. Mark Twain, big journaler. We all know about Anne Frank. She obviously was a big journaler. She kept her diary throughout the uh, years of the occupation and her experiences during World War II. And that journal turned around and has touched many, many lives. Uh, Charles Darwin was a big journaler. Marcus Aurelius, very famous journals. His reflections, his uh, kind of approach to life. It's all, all examples of people that were really big journalers. But what about journaling can be so helpful for us? So, some of the benefits, the health benefits of daily journaling. Uh, big one. You know, one of the top ones is you reduce stress and anxiety. So when we write down our worries and anxieties, it helps us to clear our mind. It helps give us perspective. Um, it helps us get a better view of the situation and what things are happening to us, how they're affecting us. This has been shown scientifically to lead to a more calm and relaxed state. Um, stress, anxiety, depression are all things that have been shown to have great improvement for many people when they're journaling. Um, again, same kind of idea. Improve mood and well-being. So reflecting on positive experiences, practicing gratitude, all of these things can boost your mood. They can increase happiness. They can promote your sense of well-being. Um, it can also help you establish healthy coping skills. So coping methods are the habits that help you get through stressful or painful experiences, right? So having you journal can help you see the positive which are known as adaptive coping skills, as well as the negative, which are the maladaptive coping skills. Journaling can help you release and process emotions, make sense of events, uh, and connect them to how you're feeling and maybe how you want to move forward. Journaling's also been shown to help people raise their self-awareness. Uh, it allows you to observe and understand your thoughts, your emotions, and patterns, and all of this can lead to a greater self-knowledge, greater acceptance of yourself, um, and greater awareness of why you do the things you do. It can even help you kind of uncover patterns that you didn't know were there um, or didn't see completely. So it can help you see some blind spots in your behavior. Uh, journaling has been shown and been used by people throughout the ages to boost creativity and boost problem solving. You know, sitting down, expressing your ideas freely, and exploring different perspectives are all benefits of journaling. So journaling can spark creativity. It can lead to new insights, new solutions to problems. It's a way that people will improve their writing skills. Having a daily writing practice helps us become better writers, better communicators. You know, not unlike having a podcast makes someone a better communicator. I assure you, if you go back and listen to episode one of the Total Dream Life Project, 
and compare my communication skills to episode 46, you're going to see a bunch of improvements that only happened because I've been sitting down on a weekly basis and yapping into this microphone. Um, journaling has also been shown to strengthen your memory and improve your cognitive function. Um, not unlike dreaming, journaling helps us consolidate and organize the events of the day, the week, the month, and it helps to, cons- to organize them in our mind, which can improve our memory recall and our cognitive function. Um, so if you want to have a better recollection of your life, especially in times like now where it seems like everything's on fire and there's news coming at you from other, every direction and there's social media and there's bills and there's homework and there's holidays, you know, all of these things can overwhelm our brain. Taking some time to sit down and journal on a regular basis can really help us organize things and have a better sense of where we're at, where we're going, you know, and uh, just overall function of our brain. Um, Journaling is a great tool for emotional regulation. It helps us identify emotions, label emotions, organize the emotions, and it's also a really great mindfulness tool. So journaling encourages introspection, it encourages self-reflection, and all of this can lead to a greater understanding of our emotions, and it can help with our coping mechanisms like we mentioned earlier. Um, I'd say like for the M, the mindfulness of the total dream life, you know, 1A is probably meditation. 1B could be journaling, you know. Meditation, journaling, breath work, you know, biofeedback, these are kind of like the big ones in mindfulness. Um, Really, some of the easiest ways also to see changes in your mindfulness and changes in your headspace and your mental health. I mean, obviously, therapy is up there too, but therapy is something that you do with a professional who's not someone who's podcasting to you. You need therapy, you want to talk to a mental health care professional, please reach out to a qualified mental health care professional. Um, But some of these other things that I just mentioned are really good ways that you can start working on yourself in the meantime. Um, Another one that's really big is it can help you identify patterns and triggers in your life. You know, a lot of times we are reliving the same lesson over and over until we learn it. but not everyone realizes that that's happening. So having a journal, having a place where you're organizing events and writing down your experiences can over time lead to you noticing certain patterns and triggers in your life and maybe even motivating you to address them or try something different. Uh, So other parts of the dream life, um, journaling has been shown to improve sleep quality. So writing down your worries and anxieties before bed can help clear your mind, prepare you for a more restful sleep. It can also give you an opportunity to ask things of your subconscious. You know, I have a, a person who I follow who says you should never go to sleep without positing a question to your subconscious because when we're sleeping is a great time for our brain to access our subconscious and work on solutions to problems and challenges in our life. Um, So journaling before bed can be really helpful with sleep, and it can also be really helpful with growth. Um, This one's wild, but journaling has been shown with studies to improve people's immune system. Uh, You know, studies show that journaling can positively, positively impact the immune system by reducing stress, promoting relaxation. Um, In 2018, they did a study at Cambridge. They asked participants to write down their deepest thoughts and feelings surrounding stressful or upsetting events. Four months later, the people that 
wrote about their experiences for 15 minutes a day, reported fewer visits to the doctor and fewer sick, day, sick days. Um, there was another study that showed journaling could actually help speed up wound healing in older adults. Um, another study showed that uh, journaling and people that journal it on a regular basis. Now, note I'm saying regular basis, not daily basis, but a regular basis even, few times a week had fewer stress-related visits to the doctor, uh, improved immune system functioning, reduced blood pressure, improved lung function, and improved liver function. So just like a lot of the things that we talk about on the Dream Life Project, things that you don't necessarily associate with making you healthier or having a better immune response or living longer or better social life, these are the things that you want to start incorporating into your life because something as simple as writing down your thoughts a couple times a week and just kind of being consistent with it can actually lead to you having lower causes of mortality over time and live longer, healthier, happier lives. That's what we're doing here, people. Um, so journaling can also lead to increased self-compassion and forgiveness for yourself. You know, a journal is a great safe space for you to process different different emotions, different experiences, and to develop compassion for yourself and for others. You know, sometimes having that perspective, taking a step back and just kind of uh, recapping the day gives you perspectives that you didn't have when you were in the moment, when you were in the heat of it, and you missed it. Uh, so another reason that journaling is really cool. Uh, it also strengthens resiliency with difficult situations, with challenges and setbacks in our lives. So it can help us process them after the fact. It can also make us more resilient as they occur in real time uh, because we know we have a way to assess them and organize them and look at them from different perspectives. It can be really helpful for people that are suffering traumatic events, uh, traumatic injuries, traumatic losses, um, you know, death of a loved one, loss of a job, divorce, things like that can be really traumatic for people and having a way to, you know, work through that journaling can be a really cool tool for that. Um, obviously we've talked about this every week for the last couple of weeks, but people who journal on a regular basis have better goal setting and more consistent achievement of their goals. You know, writing down your goals, writing down your aspirations, it's going to help you stay focused. It's going to help you stay motivated and it's going to help keep you on track. It's going to improve your motivation and it's also going to give you an arena to look back and say, oh, I wanted to do that and I did this. So it can help improve your sense of accomplishment. There's even studies that show that journaling on a regular basis can help uh, raise people's IQ. And then another big one, uh, journaling is a great way to list and express gratitude. Uh, you can go back and listen to the Gratitude Podcast. That's probably one of my favorite early episodes. But gratitude is directly tied to things like increased exercise, improved quality of sleep. Both of those things are going to help you be healthier. Uh, gratitude has been shown to significantly increase optimism. Uh, and that, that can affect your health and it can affect your happiness. We've talked about how people with negative life outlooks or pessimistic attitudes tend to have more health events and poorer longevity scores. So increasing your optimism, increasing your perspective on life, gratitude, having a gratitude journal, a great way to get into that. So those are just some of the benefits of journaling. Uh, there's a ton of information out there, a ton of articles, ton of research um, on the benefits of gratitude. So I definitely recommend you look up Google that, talk to AI um, if you have more questions. Also, you can reach out to me, obviously. So some tips 
to get started, and then we'll wrap this thing up. So tip number one, do you. Some people like writing on paper. Some people want to write in the notes app on their phone. Some people want to use a specific journaling app. Whatever you want to do is fine. You know, back in, you know, 10 years ago, everybody would say, oh, you have to write with a pen and paper because it affects your brain different and da, da, da. You know, my opinion on that is, yes, if you grew up at a time where you didn't use a computer and you wrote by hand, you might have initially some better responses to writing by hand because that's more natural to you. But for most of us that are digital natives or grew up, you know, millennials and after, we've been using digital interfaces for the majority of our life, if not our entire life. I see no difference for me personally between typing and writing, and I just tend to use whatever's available. Maybe I'm writing in a notebook. I just threw out a ton of notebooks over the weekend. I was cleaning up the, off the apartment. Um, I much prefer a digital space. But it's also good to have some different options. You know, you might want to have a notebook by your bed in case you wake up and you want to write down some dreams. You might want to have a notebook in your car. Um, you might want to keep your apps with you when you're on the train. Um, some people want to use recording devices to drop down things and then revisit it at the end of the day. Um, some people want to have a way to keep notes when they're in the shower or when they're exercising, you know. Inspiration. Um, can strike at any time. A reason to journal can strike at any time. So it's good to have some options. Try not to be too, you know, severe in only doing it one way. Because again, variety and options are going to make this easier. Uh, it's also good to experiment with different types of the day. For me, if I'm going to do this consistently, it kind of has to be first thing in the morning. That's just how I work. If I wait until the end of the day, distractions come up, other things come up, and I'm not as consistent. Um, so. I've also found it helpful to kind of set like an if this, then that approach to it. Like if I want to go on social media in the morning, I have to journal first. So that right there could be the linchpin that gets me journaling every day. And again, you don't need to journal every day, but we'll talk about that more in a second. Um, but for me, it has to be consistent. It has to be early in the morning. For you, that might not be the situation. Um, what I find is that if I journal in the morning, I'm more likely throughout the day to pick up my app and do a little micro journaling as well. Um, so the other nice thing that I like about the morning is that your mind is fresh from dreaming. It's a, nice, uh, it's a nice little brain dump to organize any thoughts and feelings before the day starts. But try it out at different points of the day. You might find different things work for you. Like we said before, some people get a great benefit about um, journaling before sleep. So if that works for you, that works. Um, also try different environments. Don't get attached to being like, I can only journal at my desk at home as the sun's rising. Because then if you want to talk, writing your journal on a weekend when you're on vacation, it's not going to feel right. So try different things. See what works best for you. Some people might find a spot. Some people might find that they can do it in different places. Um, play around with it. Variety, variety, variety. We say it every week. Um, it can also be helpful to set an alarm or a reminder on your phone, have a daily timer that goes off at whatever time you want to say, hey, write down a journal. Um, the, you know, There's no right amount of journaling. It could be a couple pages to start your day. You could do micro journaling throughout the day. Uh, micro dosing things is like one of my favorite things to think about and one of my favorite practices because sometimes we get so 
caught up in this idea that like, oh, I need 15 minutes to journal. Uh, I need 45 minutes to exercise. I need 20 minutes to stretch that we won't do that thing unless we have that amount of time. Whereas you could be doing a little journal while you're on the train, a little journal while you're waiting for the elevator, a little journaling while you're in between clients, you know? Same thing with stretching and exercising and meditating. You can be doing little bits throughout the day and still getting benefits. It's not all or nothing. Uh, so be flexible. Um, it also does not have to be daily. Journaling is not meant to be a chore. The point is not just to ruminate and rehash things over and over. The point is to express yourself, to get to know yourself better. And if it's viewed in your brain as a chore or something you have to do, that's going to take some of the fun, the spontaneity out of it, and it's going to negatively affect the experience for you. So be kind to yourself. Be patient with yourself. There's no right answer here, but consistency has been shown to be more effective. So whatever that means for you, whether it's four times a week or seven times a week or 21 times a week, you know, play around with it. Experiment and don't get down on yourself if it's not something you start immediately and are perfect with. You know, perfection's the enemy of done. Remember that. Um, you can also have an accountability group. Now, I'm not suggesting that you necessarily have to share your journal with people, but you can share the fact that you journaled with people. You can have someone, especially in the beginning, maybe you find a friend and you agree like, hey, let's just text each other each day to say, hey, I did my journal. Hey, I did my journal. Um, that way you have a little bit of accountability and someone who you feel responsible to. Just like having a coach, just like having a mentor, having people that hold us accountable can really help us instill new habits in our life. Um, this is a judgment-free zone. You know, your journal is for your eyes only. So you, I encourage you to get deep. Write about things that you don't necessarily talk about with other people. Write about things that embarrass you or that you feel shame about. The whole point of this is to explore your mind, explore yourself, and explore your motivations. Um, so if you're going to be completely honest with someone... Maybe you should try starting with yourself, you know, and then on the other end of the spectrum, have fun with it. Experiment, reflect your personality, draw, doodle, write haikus, you know, complain about the video game you're playing. Um, be patient with yourself. Be kind to yourself. Don't beat yourself up. Um, all of these things are foundational to having a practice of anything, but especially for journaling. Um, you also want to use your journal to vent emotions instead of burying them. You know, you don't have to suppress your feelings. It's much healthier in the short term and in the long term to have some way to express what you're feeling, to express your emotions and your desires. Uh, and a journal is a great way to get them out without burying them deeper, uh, which is just going to cause problems down the road. So using journaling prompts is a great way to get started. You can just Google journaling prompts. You can ask AI, uh, hey, give me a list of journaling prompts for the week. I get a weekly email from Mark Manson who wrote The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Uh, we talk about him all the time. And he, in his weekly email that comes out on Monday, has a list of journaling prompts for the week. Um, but yeah, so however you want to do it, whatever prompts you want to find, there's books out there, there's other people, other writers that have them. Easy to find, but it's a great way to get started when you're feeling writer's block or you don't know what you want to talk about. So again, consistency is key, and consistency can be different for everyone, but you're going to want to be doing this at least a couple times a week, at least you know two or three, all the way up to daily, whatever works for you. But 
probably more than what you're doing right now, okay? So that's pretty much it for this week. I feel like we, I thought this was going to be a short episode, and I think it's gone long. Oh, it's actually just average. Um, All right. Well, have a great week. Feel free to wish me a happy birthday tomorrow. Uh, For those of you that are local members of the Total Dream Life Project Appreciation Club, I look forward to seeing you at my birthday tomorrow evening. Uh, For those of you that are out-of-towners, feel free to send gifts and love. I love and appreciate all of you. Uh, I am grateful for all of you, and I will be writing about all of you in my journal. Have a great week. Get out there. Get uncomfortable. Reach out to me if you have any questions. Uh, Be kind to yourself. Be patient with yourself. And I will see you next week. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. Please remember to share this podcast with your friends and family. Subscribe and review wherever you get your podcasts. You can find me on social at Moby Dickert and learn more about me and the podcast at thomasdickert.com.